everybody. Welcome back to JCM Prepare the Way. My name is Carol. And I'm Mallory. And we are so glad that you are tuning in. You know, in our last episode, we talked about the importance of shifting perspective, setting your mind on the things of Christ. But today, we are taking that a step further with renewing our mind. And before you think it's anything like the other one, let us reassure you, it's not. In fact, I think today is going to be a bit of a wake-up call to Christians, and boy, do we need a wake-up call in some areas of our life, because we are living in a world where the enemy is out to distract and deceive as many as he can, even the very elect, the Bible says. That's you and that's me. And so we have to be alert. We have to be wise. We have to be discerning. If we understand the critical times in which we live, and we do, We must understand that godly power and authority, that godly power and authority are available to us and they are necessary for victory in every aspect of our life. And that includes for our minds, because friends, there is a real battle going on for our minds right now and for our thoughts. And that key word is battle. You know, whether you realize it or not out there, there is a tug of war going on for our minds. And the church needs to learn how to stay on the offensive. And I think a good example or a picture of this, Mallory, is when you observe a soldier. You know, you immediately notice his stance and his position, right? His head is up. His eyes are alert. He's alert. He's very aware of his surroundings. And he is always in position. And that should be us as well. Because we are fighting a spiritual war all around us, friends. That's in Ephesians 6. And Paul reminds us in Ephesians 6 to withstand in the evil day. Do you know what withstand means in that verse? It means to stand or hold out against, to resist or oppose, especially successfully. And it speaks of to withstand the invaders, to withstand temptation. And so then Paul says, withstand in the evil day. So friends, stand, hold out against, resist and oppose the things that are coming against us. And then he says, having done all, everything that we know to do, prayer, fasting, read our Bibles, uh, lean into the Holy Spirit. After we have done all, we stand. We stand alert. We stand wise. We stand ready. You know, the time has come, friends. God is stirring up the hearts of believers to rise up Mm -hmm. and take their rightful place as his official representatives in this earthly realm that we live in. We need all hands on deck right now. And so many within the body of Christ are struggling. They're, They're neither withstanding nor standing for what is right and true and noble and just. Our thoughts are taking us captive rather than we taking our thoughts captive, mm-hmm. and many of us can't even see it. And that's why we feel like today's episode is going to be so important. Mm-hmm. So good. That was a perfect intro. I love that. And I think just calling us to attention. I thought of this verse, but I could not find it while you were talking. But I thought of this verse. It's in, I'm pretty sure it's in Revelation, but it talks about how Satan, how he wears out the saints. He's trying to wear down the saints. Daniel, it's in Daniel. And so, yeah, I just, thought of that he is trying to wear us down get us tired get us discouraged get us in get us in confusion and and into our own um and I think the place that he uses he battles is the mind and so we are really excited about today's episode because well Karen and I Carol and I recently had a conversation we were just starting to both share about times in our lives where we really fought to renew our mind And from those seasons, we really experienced breakthrough and freedom from it. And it's still a constant thing in our lives that we're still doing, but Mm -hmm. there were these very intense seasons. And it was cool because a lot of the things that you were sharing with me, Carol, I was thinking, God told me the same thing and Mm -hmm. he showed me how to fight in the same way. And so I'm thinking, we need to bring this to our podcast. We need to teach people how to renew your minds, how to be the gatekeeper of your mind mm, as well. And it's not a one and done experience to renew our minds. Like I said, it's a, it's a daily thing that we as Christians, we need to actually be trained in. Our minds need to be trained 
to let our minds glorify God so that we can believe the truth and so that we can live free in our minds. I mean, does that even like give hope to someone out there that, Mm -hmm. that thought of like your mind can be free. You don't have to live in torment anymore because I think so many people out there are living in torment in their minds. Uh And so we're really excited about today. I just pray that people are set free. I pray that hope comes over people. So yeah, I'm excited. I am too. And and I just want to, you know, warn y'all in advance, you know, we, we may be speaking some things today that might make you wrestle uh, may make you uncomfortable, and our intention is not to harm. Our intention is to speak the truth in love, and that's who we are as a ministry, and we're not going to back down from that. So, but just please hear our heart on some of these things. These are things that the Holy Spirit has placed upon our hearts, and we may even, uh, He may even drop some things into our spirit as we're speaking. And so, just I want to say that in advance because that's who Jeremiah's call ministries is. We are a trumpet call. Uh, um, a voice in the wilderness that is really trying to prepare the church at this hour uh, to whoever's listening uh, to stand in this day. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I think you were spot on there, Mallory, um, with everything you said. And, and so I just want to begin by asking you all a question out there. What are you looking for in Christ? When you say that you are saved, what are you saved from? That's an important question for all of us to know the answer to, myself included. What are you saved from? Who is Christ to you? What is salvation to you? Because salvation, friends, is more than just avoiding hell. It's about redeeming the whole person, mind, soul, body, and spirit. And confessing your salvation, your faith in Jesus Christ, that is just the beginning of your journey. It is not one and done there. Salvation in Christ is a lifetime walk. And it is a walk that is intended to regenerate us. When we become born again, our spirit is regenerated. Our minds and thoughts are to be regenerated. Our bodies become a living sacrifice. We are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so we become a living sacrifice for him and to him. Every day we wake up and lay our bodies on his altar of service to worship him. Prior to Christ, we are unregenerated. We are sin-filled people. There is nobody out there who is good enough for heaven because a human scale does not equate to God's scale for righteousness. And so we are unable to be anywhere near a holy God as sinners. The only way that we can do that is through the redeeming work of Jesus Christ and his blood that was poured out for us, the atonement, the price that he paid, the power of the blood. And so anything prior to that, that we consider righteous and good, guess what? Is nothing but filthy rags to him. And you know what it means by filthy rags in the Bible? It means menstrual cloths. Now that's pretty disgusting. But in Christ, through Christ and his spirit, we are now We now put on this new person. We are now new creations, but we especially begin letting the Holy Spirit work in our minds, in our thinking. Boy, our thinking is so twisted sometimes. And so in Christ, we have to allow him to do a work that regenerates our thinking But to do that, like Mallory said, it's daily. It's work sometimes on our part. It's a conscious effort to put that old, unregenerated person, those patterns, all those sinful thoughts away from us, and then to put on the new man that is in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, let's start talking about the mind of Christ. We learn about this too. I'm sure you guys have heard this verse. It's in 1 Corinthians 2.16, where it talks about that we as believers have the mind of Christ. And the mind and peace of mind and the mind of Christ, it's talked throughout the Bible. It's actually a promise for us. It's an inheritance for us as believers. We no longer have to think the way that the world thinks. 
We no longer have to worry about the things that the world needs to worry about. Isn't that amazing? It's refreshing. We as sons and daughters, we are heirs of God's kingdom. We receive the gift of having the mind of Christ. Can you believe that? That God would give us his mind. Think about that word you just said. No, it's okay. You keep talking. The heirs. Mm-hmm. Heirs of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Speak on that for a second. What, what does that do for you? Like, does that just fire you up when you think about, like, when someone inherits something from a family member or they mm-hmm. become the heir of of an empire that a dad started or something, to think that he's given us his whole kingdom. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it just, it just that whole thought just is so... Um, I, I can't even comprehend how big that is Mm -hmm. everything that's his is ours and that includes the mind of christ that includes his angel armies which we're going to be talking about angels we're going to be be doing an episode about angels i mean that includes it's incredible and it is it's hard it's a hard dichotomy because in, in one sense we're slaves which is that word that you're talking about but in the same way we're slaves and we're heirs because our god is the king yes and who doesn't want a king like Jesus? Oh, man. <laughs> it is the best. Yeah. And so, yeah, we get this mind of Christ. And this new mind, it allows us to think these thoughts that God has, to reject lies and believe mm. his truth, not to have a mind of chaos, but a mind of order and mm. of peace, a mind that thinks loving thoughts, not hateful thoughts. Mm. We can have pure thoughts now and not evil thoughts evil thoughts. And I just picture like what you were saying, you know, now I'm just picturing God on his throne and in his perfection and the way that his mind thinks Mm -hmm. and just that the way that he thinks is available and accessible to Mm -hmm. us as believers. Mm -hmm. And so why not enjoy that perfect gift that Christ gave to us of sharing in the mind of Christ? Yeah, that's, uh, it is. It's just, it's all so big and, and he's so good and he's so holy and, um, and he, (laughs) he wants to share that with us. Yeah. Most people of profound wealth or, um, stature don't really want to share a whole heck of a lot with people. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, yeah. What were you going to say? I, it made me think of one time I got this picture for someone, God just speaks to me in pictures and it was a picture of, um, this person standing outside of Disney world or Disneyland and God being like, Hey, I bought you this ticket, come in and have fun and do all these things and ride all the rides. I got you the fast pass, all the oh, things. Yeah. And this yeah. person standing outside and saying, no, 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 no. I don't want to take that from you. No, no, no. I, that's too much. That's too much of a big gift mm. and how God just gives us everything mm-hmm. and it's fun. And there's just so many good things that he gives to us, but sometimes we're so, and sometimes our minds can keep us from their shame and so many things that keep us from the fullness Mm -hmm. of God. But God is like, I, I all, the ticket is already paid for. Just come into this, just come into this blessing, come into this inheritance. Yeah. That's a good picture. Um, you know, this whole topic makes me think of Romans chapter eight. I actually have that hanging on my wall. Lori from our team gave me this great. Yeah, uh, I've seen that. Yeah, it's really neat <laughs> cool. um, in the way that it's done. But Romans 8, uh, chapters 5 through, or verses 5 through 7, excuse me, reads like this. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. That means hostility. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You know, I this is a really important verse, I think, for us to, to talk about. Because once we become born-again believers in Christ Jesus, I had mentioned this before, we are regenerated by his spirit, which means we should now live according to the spirit, not the flesh. And some of you out there might ask, well, what does it even mean by the flesh? Well, flesh in this verse is when we operate in our human nature. And our human nature is frail. It, it's fraught with frailty and passions. 
And it's called being carnally minded. In other words, it's our old man, our old unregenerated self with old thinking. It's an old pattern that we need to put away from us. And what happens is that some of us may profess our faith in Christ, but are not taught that we now need to put away the old. If we stay in the flesh, the way our thoughts worked prior to Jesus, the way we sinned with our bodies, for example, before Jesus, then we are operating in a carnal mind. We are operating in the flesh and we will never please God in that. That's why they used to preach um, in the first century church and on, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, repent, then be baptized and then receive the Holy Spirit. If you read through the book of Acts, that's pretty much the whole way they did things. But to repent, and so a lot of us will believe, but we've never repented, for example. And repent in the Greek means to change your mind. And in the Hebrew, it is to turn. And so in other words, go the other way, think differently. Recognize that at one point in your life out there, in my life too, we were rebels to God. We were in rebellion to God before faith in Christ. So put those rebellious ways away from you. Put away living according to the world's standards. Be baptized. Start new. Then receive the Holy Spirit to help you from here on out because that's what he does. He's like that well that kind of starts rising up within you and he helps you change. But we ask, he's our helper. We have to Ask him to help us change and to live differently and think differently. You know, it says in the Bible that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. So a little bit of sin here, a little bit of sin there, it's eventually going to take its toll on us, isn't it? And Paul says it really well in Colossians, I think, Mallory, and you know I love the book of Colossians. (laughs) I like all the Bible, but um, when he says to put off the old man with his deeds... So that's how you lived and thought before Christ. That's the flesh that's being carnally minded. Put it off of you and the deeds that you used to do. So if you've been born again and you haven't changed, this is something you might need to be praying into. You know, if you've never repented of your sins, you don't think you have to. I repent of sins every day because every day, every day I do something or I have a thought or I think something and I just want to stay in this in this place before the Lord where uh, I don't want to have fleshly thinking. I don't want to be selfish. I don't want to be selfishly minded. And so if you have not ever repented of your sins of any kind, there's a good chance your life might not be changing much because you haven't changed your thinking. You haven't turned to walk a different way. You haven't put off that old person that you used to be. And you haven't changed your thinking towards the spiritual things. And so what can happen if we're not careful is we, we continue feeding our flesh. We still have those lustful desires, whether it's for food and we're gluttons or whether it's for drink and we're drunkards or whatever it may be. And James 1, 14 to 15 says it like this, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. And so some of you out there are living in the death of sin still, especially when it comes to our thought life. Our thought lives are crippling our walk with Christ. And instead of living in the newness and life of Christ. And then I just want to say this, Mallory, if you don't mind, Paul then says, rather put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. If you're fighting out there the same mental battles, carrying the same mental strongholds with you, your mind needs to be renewed. You now know Jesus as your savior. You have received knowledge of this, knowledge of him and his work within you by his spirit. Put that on. Put on Christ. Live in and through him instead. 
And so in that verse that I mentioned in Romans in 8, Paul is contrasting the two types of believers being carnally minded or those who are spiritually minded. So we either have that mind of the spirit of God that you were talking about, Mallory, the mind of Christ, or we are still living in the mind of the flesh, which Paul says is enmity with God. It's hostile to him. And those who are of the flesh cannot please God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. I love that you talked about repentance too and turning our ways. And sometimes repentance can sound like a negative thing, but it's actually, we had an episode on repentance. Mm -hmm. It's actually the greatest gift that he gives us. Yeah. So look up that episode. I don't remember what it's called. (laughs) I think just repentance. Repentance probably. Um, But it's such a, repentance is such a gift that we don't have to walk in the way of the world. But we, I like that you said you turn your ways, you turn a 180, you go the opposite direction. And, um, you know, Carol, I did want to share my story a bit of how God worked in my life to renew my mind because it was an intense season, a long journey. And there were a lot of things I learned from it that I feel like could help people of what God shared with me during mm-hmm. that time. And so for me, so I really started following Jesus wholeheartedly about nine years ago. It was back in December, actually. It's when I went to YWAM nine years ago. And every time January comes around, I'm like, oh, Lord, I was on a plane January 3rd (laughs) to YWAM right after the new year. And I just came to this place. I mean, it was like night and day difference. It's like someone just turned a switch on. And I just became so hungry, so desperate for him and for relationship with him and everything that he had for me. And I mean, I was just constantly being blown away at how good he is and all the blessings that now as the heir, like I was talking about, I was able to receive these blessings. I was able to walk in these things because I was now following him. I'm now a follower of Jesus. And it was about a year into following him. I was at this ministry school in California and this year being at this ministry school, he really taught me about how to renew my mind. And I think that if I were to, um, just a verse for that year, it was that Romans 12 to do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He was taking me through this season of training my mind and it felt like training. Mm. It was not easy. (laughs) It was hard. And Paul talks about training in 1 Timothy 4, 8, where he talks about training ourselves for the purpose of godliness. He says, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. I really like this verse because if you think about it, we train for so many things. Like if you start a new job, you train for a new job. You could train for a marathon. You train for physical goals. You know, We're kind of always... You know, you might not always use that word, but in a lot of ways, it's that form of training. I remember when I became a new mom, I took classes on childbirth, literally how to hold a baby. I didn't know how to hold a baby, I didn't know how to change a diaper. You know, we, we have to train for these areas of life. But do we take the time when we become a believer, a follower of Christ to train our minds to become mm. like his? Like you were saying, do we intentionally turn our ways? I'm so glad that you reminded of that of, of the repentance. This is so important, and I think that this is key to freedom for people who say, well, I go to church, and I've and I've been following Christ for a while, but, you know, I don't, I'm not experiencing that fullness of joy, that fullness of peace, God's presence, fill in the blank. I think, you know, I don't know, Carol, if you've just met those people that I'm, you're like, oh, you know, they're just, they're not mm-hmm. walking in the fullness mm-hmm. of what God has for him, and this is a daily practice. It's a daily training that happens. And so when you train for something, you work towards goals, right? You're aware of what you're trying to do. I'm trying to figure out how to get this diaper on this baby (laughs) (laughs) and, and what to do during that training process. And I want to encourage all of you out there now to take inventory. Think, how is your mind doing right now? Mm. Ask the Lord, say, Lord, search me, search my heart, search my mind. Are there any thought patterns that one are not pleasing to you? Mm-hmm. And two are not thoughts that you have. And also thoughts, what are thoughts that are keeping me in bondage mm-hmm. that are keeping me from the promises of God? Mm-hmm. I think so many people don't realize how much their mind thinks like the world rather than having godly thoughts and godly mm-hmm. perspectives. So be intentional in that training. Say, I'm this year, 2023, 
this is the year of training your mind, working towards that mind of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so just to go back to that season, I kind of started where God was training me in my mind and he was renewing it, taking, God had to take something that was so taught, so trained, if even if it wasn't intentional, my mind was trained by the world now to be trained in the kingdom of God. So there was so much undoing of the way that I thought there was a lot. I'm just going to be totally honest. There was a lot of thought patterns of hopelessness. I had crazy obsessive thoughts where sometimes I just couldn't stop thinking about the same thing. I couldn't like Mm -hmm. move on to the next thought. I, I think I've shared this in earlier episodes, but I had thoughts of depression, thoughts of anxiety. I, I really needed prayers for deliverance over my mind and all over these things. But it also, I think that when we get deliverance, we also have to daily renew our minds in the right way to think. Mm -hmm. So really, I think a good way to picture this is it was just like a tangled ball of yarn. Like Mm -hmm. my thought life, God had to untangle my thought life. And God showed me this picture during this time. Like I said, he just shows me in pictures a lot. And she showed me this picture and from my understanding, this really is how the brain works. But in this picture, it was a picture of this meadow. We have this meadow by us, um, called three sisters and it has these really tall grasses. I used to run there, um, with cross country in high school, but in the meadow, there's these multiple trails and for the trails, God was showing me that these represent thought patterns and these trails, they're so clear. They're easy to find. They're easy to walk through every single time because they've been walked on, on and on again and, and time and time again. And so let's say that one of these paths was a bad thought pattern that I have. Let's say it was like an obsessive thought pattern that I had. That thought pattern has been traveled so many times down and through again. And so that is the easiest route of travel for my mind. My mind instantly would go toward that trail, that way of thought, because like I said, it's been traveled down so many times, but now I'm starting to renew my mind. So I want to start a new trail. I'm going to start a new way of thinking. I have to create a new path and think of if you're in that meadow, starting that new path, I'm thinking of this meadow. It's the grass is high. It's uncomfortable. You're kind of really lifting up your feet, trying to make stomps where you go and try to really push the grass down. But it's so unfamiliar. It's really hard. I personally am a trail person. I hate going off the beaten path. (laughs) I hate having my legs scratched. Like we have another meadow by us, Elk Meadow, and it's all those burrs. And yeah, yeah, I don't like it. But, you know, it's really hard to travel. And it will take so many times of traveling down that path to create a new, to create something that you can even see that's easier to travel down, to create that new thought. And, and for our minds, for it to become natural for our brain to think this new thought. So I hope I explained that well. Um, did I explain that okay? Yes. Okay, good. Very. I'm, I'm tracking with you. Okay, I'm like, I hope that I made the it was connection. Really but when we create that new thought, that's scripture. Hopefully that's what we're creating our new thoughts in is scripture, the truth of God. But it doesn't come naturally. And it'll take so many times of going down that path again and again for our brains to rewire and to start going down that new path. So for me, when I started believing the truth of God and I started to pray and declare verses over myself that were truth rather than these other ways that I've believed before, it was so uncomfortable. It was so unnatural. And honestly, I felt like a fake, like everything Mm -hmm. I, that was coming out of me, not that I was like cringy, but I was like, Ooh, I don't believe, have you ever said something where you're like, I don't know if you've ever lied to someone (laughs) said they look great when they don't, you know, (laughs) no, (laughs) you're like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) keep going (laughs) in your, in your past life. (laughs) That was a really bad example. (laughs) I love that haircut. (laughs) No, but you know, it's like, Oh, you just don't believe it. (laughs) I should not have said that. So good. We're all human. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm totally lost now. But yeah, I just felt like I was saying things I really didn't believe. Mm. And so, and I think sometimes too, when we start declaring the truth of God, if it doesn't feel right or if it doesn't feel natural, sometimes we just stop because we're like, this isn't right or something's yeah. off. Mm-hmm. But don't stop there because, for example, you know, I struggle with depression. I would pray over myself in the car and I just my car times are like totally my times where I pray. Mm-hmm. And I remember just something feeling so heavy 
like, or just feeling so heavy in the car sometimes. And I would just say the joy of the Lord is my strength. Mm. I would not believe it at all. And I would say it over and over again. I would say things like I have the joy of Jesus. I would even sing that Sunday school song. I probably looked so silly. No one would ever be in the car with me, but that's like, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. And I, and I'm like, (laughs) yeah, it's a really fun song. And I'm like, and I'm like very intensely (laughs) trying to like declare it over myself. I tried everything and anything that was truth because I think I, I think I learned this at the ministry school about the brain and rewiring the brain because I'm like, I've just got to keep at this. I got to keep at that trail. I have to rewire my brain and it, and it's training. I'm in that training mode. And I just really, I remember that when God, God was just really showing me how to fight, how to have the mind of Christ. And honestly, you guys, it was not another year until I saw a breakthrough in this, maybe even more. I can't remember, but at least that I started to see breakthrough in this and renewing your minds. It is not for the faint of heart. You have to know you have, like you said, like that soldier stance, like you have to be intentional. Mm -hmm. You have to be intentionally turning the other way. You have to intentionally know the verses. Don't just think, oh, well, I mean, if we don't have a plan, we are so led by our feelings. Mm -hmm. We are so led by the enemy. By the flesh. By the flesh. Mm -hmm. And during that time, God so convinced me of his truth and infused me with faith that I felt like I had no other option. And I didn't do this perfectly, but really God's grace was there every single day for me to become free. And when I leaned in that, it was so available. And, um, it was a struggle. It was, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was, I look back at that season, like, wow, that was really hard. But I look at my life now and I'm like, Lord, I feel free Mm -hmm. in my mind. I, I don't have these obsessive thoughts anymore. Like it feels so good to feel free in my mind. And I remember during that time, there were days where I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever get breakthrough. This Mm -hmm. might be the rest of my life. Sometimes you feel like you're in it and you're like, this is going to be the rest of my life, but it's not you guys. God's word is so true Mm -hmm. and so powerful and just keep with it. Mm -hmm. I have so many thoughts I thought of when you were talking because I was completely engrossed in your story. You know, I, I remember when I first became a believer and my sisters, they had been believers, uh, for, you know, decades at that point. And I remember thinking and actually talking to one of them, my sister Cheryl, and and saying, I don't know if I, you're so far along. How I, mm-hmm. I feel so late in the game. How am I going to catch up? But the Holy Spirit is so faithful. He who began a good work in you will see it through to completion. Mm-hmm. And boy, oh boy, if you do apply your heart to understanding, if you apply your heart to learning, if you apply your heart to getting to know your Lord, he is so faithful to sanctify you completely by his spirit. That means mm-hmm. he is He is in it to change you into the image of Christ. And that is just an encouragement to some of you out there. The other thing that I thought of when you were talking, Mallory, um, of course, you know, I love that whole meadow picture because mm-hmm. we live in a place in Colorado where they um, there's a lot of what they call green space and space where um, it looks like maybe they could build a beautiful subdivision in but instead it's all natural and they've reserved it for hikes and bikes and everything else and so it's really big out here in Colorado and we have a lot of meadows they call them meadows and we do have the tall grass and the wildflowers Mm -hmm. and you can hike up into the forest and all that but but it is they will take a path and they will sometimes if it's a well-worn path they will close it off to get it to regenerate to to close it off and forge a new one and one they're trying to regenerate the Mm -hmm the um the the natural resources there but i like that picture because you know for us sometimes we have to close off a path and forge a new one mm-hmm. and it is uncomfortable and it is unfamiliar and you know when i was a new believer I, I we said in a different podcast but my very first bible study was that i remember asking people in the my very first group bible study yeah so let me say that again it was my my first real group bible study And I just remember asking a question the very first night I was with them was, well, I don't really want to change. We're really happy doing the things that we're doing. Mm -hmm. And I remember one sweet girl in the Bible study was like, oh, Carol, don't worry. You know, God is going to take away the old desires that Mm -hmm. you've had and put in the new. Just keep searching for him and keep Mm -hmm. keep studying him. Keep at it. And I did. I kept at it. I was faithful in in wanting to get to know my Lord. Mm -hmm. And 
Sure enough, six months later, old desires were being removed. He was bringing new desires in. But I also think that when we do retrain our minds, sometimes, friends, we have to make some hard decisions on even yeah. relationships. Who who we want in our life. Uh, if we have relationships with people that um, are worldly-minded, it doesn't mean we stop being their friend, but we need to seek out friendships that are going to be like iron sharpening iron mm-hmm. that are going to sharpen us in our faith that are going to help us grow stronger. And the other thing I want to say about this too, because I'm the last of 11, there's a lot of mindsets that it can, that can even form within a family. And I remember even growing up, I was taught by, you know, I have five brothers. I was taught by my brothers, like the type of person I should date, the type of person I should, whatever, whatever. And yet I didn't want the type of person they were describing. You know what I mean? God had something different in store for me and it's been a real blessing. And so I just think sometimes the mindsets we grow up in, sometimes we are so trained. It's that path you were talking about, that well-worn path. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying family mindsets are bad, but I just think we have to evaluate them in light of God's word and where we are now as believers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. I liked what you said about relationships too, because if you've ever been in a conversation with someone who will hold you accountable, I mean, I was in a conversation with a friend the other day and she said something. I'm like, wait, that's not a thought of Christ. That's not godly. She's like, oh my gosh, you're right. You know? And Mm -hmm. and so, oh my gosh, it's so helpful. Mm -hmm. You guys, we need each other. We need people to pray over us. We need people to call us out when we're not thinking in the ways of God. Um, but yeah, but I wanted to finish my story about, uh, being set free from depression. Cause I shared a few of the mindsets, but I just thought this was something so sweet that the Lord did in my life. And I was struggling with depression for about six or seven years. I remember I didn't even realize it was depression until about four years later. I remember sitting in my dorm room at um, college and thinking, I think I'm depressed. And depression wasn't talked about mm-hmm. back then, like no, 10 years ago. It just was not like now it's like we have so many different forms of depression and, um, so I didn't even know what to do with it. But, and that was just, just very prior to, um, when I started following the Lord. So I, I was following him for a few years and really struggling with depression. It was kind of this, like both. And like, I was loving the Lord, experiencing these times of the Holy spirit. And also at the same time, having deep depression, having, and I mean, if you, if you don't know what depression is, if you're someone out there who's experienced it, it's not this sadness. It's not like a grief. It's like a, it is truly a heaviness that feels almost like it's tangible. Like it's sitting on you. Like it's hard to get out of bed. It's hard to move. It's, it's hard to, it, it muddies your mind. So I was struggling with this for a while and, um, I've shared my story. Maybe some of you guys have heard it. Um, we did an episode on it. Do you need to be healed? I shared my story about how I got healed with Lyme disease. But anyways, at this time, right before I got set free from depression, I was in YWAM and I became really, really sick with Lyme disease and I had to come home and be with my parents. Um, and we live in a small town. There's not a lot of community people who are my age. Thankfully, I'm super close with my parents, yeah. probably my best friends. And, um, <clears throat> Yeah, just, you know, and I knew that I had to come home and get healthy, but also I was in this place of thriving community, a place that was just poured into the, with the Holy Spirit. I mean, it was just this amazing, amazing environment. So it was a safe place for me to be in the midst of depression, knowing that I had to come home and kind of walk through this really hard process. So I was really scared. I'm thinking this depression is going to get worse. My circumstances are going to be, are going to change. And this is going to become really, really hard. And during that time, I mean, I was really fighting, like I was saying, like praying the joy of the Lord. And I would have people come up to me and prophesy and they'd just say, I just feel the word joy over you. It's like, I would get the word of joy almost every day. (laughs) It was, I mean, that was God's word over me. It was his promise. He was so sweet. He just kept speaking to me about that. And, um, right before I went, came home a few days before I, um, was out in the town and there was this beautiful shop that they had these necklaces and, um, they, you could had a necklace made individually and there were these, um, stamped necklaces where it's like the, I don't know. It's like the metal stamped mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was $60 for this necklace, which back then is a lot more money because things have changed. And, um, and you know, as a missionary, you don't really want to spend people's money, but I just wanted one of these necklaces so badly. And I've kind of wanted it for a few months. I'm like, Oh, those are so beautiful. And, um, 
right before I left, I was walking in town and I really felt the Lord say, go get one of those necklaces and have joy stamped on it. And so I got it, spent the 60 bucks. <laughs> How do you have a word from the Lord for that one? And um, I got that necklace and I came home and I have never since, well, I've probably had one day. I'll share that in a second. I have not since struggled with depression since that time in that way. And the Lord truly set me free. And if you're someone here listening, like, man, I have such bad depression. I can't even see a way out. I can't, can't even imagine freedom. I couldn't even believe that I was healed. I mean, it felt like such a weight that was lifted off me and it was in just such a sweet way. And it it wasn't the necklace. That was just a symbol, you know, that was just like a sweet little, like, Hey, confirmation. And he's like, and I never took that necklace off. Like I wore the word joy over my neck Mm -hmm. and I, and that was, and that was my song. Like that was like my life that I had joy. I actually do remember, um, when I became, I was pregnant, I had my first baby and it was like a couple weeks after, you know, you have all the hormones and the baby hormones. And I, and I kind of felt that heaviness and that depression come up again. But I just said, in the name of Jesus, I declare this to be gone. And it was gone. I mean, yeah. like I truly have not struggled with depression. So breakthrough is so possible. God is so good. He's so sweet. He didn't have to tell me to go get that necklace. Like he, this beautiful yeah. necklace that I wanted, he's so kind. And so, you know, I share that story And all of that really to say is that you literally can have the mind of Christ. You can be set free from these things that have kept you in bondage. It is God's portion for you. It is his inheritance for you. And I heard this analogy one time, I think is so good that you can have a million dollars to your name in the bank, but if you never go to the bank and withdraw it, it really has no effect on your life, right? It really changes Mm -hmm. nothing for you. And it's the same sometimes with God. He has bought so much for us on the cross at Calvary. But if we don't come to him, if we don't ask him, we won't experience that. It's like sitting outside of Disneyland. So come to him, ask him, ask him to the way to deliverance, ask him for freedom in your mind. He wants, he wants these things for you more than you even want Mm -hmm. them for you. Mm -hmm. So ask him for faith, for freedom, ask him for wisdom of how to get that freedom and to renew your mind to sustain that promise for you. Yes, yes, and yes. (laughs) Embrace the change that the Holy Spirit wants to work out in you. I just love that whole story, both those stories, Mallory. You know, let go of the old, receive the new, believe the promises of God. And I know, believe me, I know if I could share my journey at some point in a future podcast, that is easier said than done. Because sometimes those mindsets come from faulty thinking that stem from something in childhood. And that was a lot of stuff I had to let go of, Mm -hmm. you know, just so many mindsets I had from growing up. And some of those mindsets, and maybe this, some of you out there can relate to this. Some of those mindsets can come from a place of rejection, Mm -hmm. maybe from a parent, like a rejection from a parent or a spouse or a coach or friends or, you know, didn't get that job, whatever it is. Or maybe the mindsets, you know, faulty mindsets can come from trauma. Maybe there was a loss or an accident that impacted you greatly and you don't really know that it's trauma. You don't know that something was triggered, you know, traumatized you to the point where it now when there's triggers, you, you know, it brings up Mm -hmm. that mindset. Or maybe some of you um, have the mindset of fear. You know, there's the fear of the unknown or maybe... There's a fear of being unloved mm-hmm. or a fear of you You need the approval of people. You fear people in a way. You fear being rejected by them. You fear being unliked by them or something. Or maybe some of you out there, there's a mindset of abuse. Um, maybe someone in your, in your lifetime, there was mental abuse or physical or sexual abuse. You know, in all those situations what can happen is we can unknowingly form what's called mental strongholds, places that we subconsciously run to, to protect our hearts. Mm-hmm. We, if yeah. it, you know, and, and I had to write curriculum on, um, conflict, family conflict and for this organization and to learn the different conflict styles that people, uh, how they address conflict when it arises. Mm-hmm. Some people, when when there's a trigger, you can withdraw. 
you might isolate, mm -hmm. uh, you might be a conflict avoider. All of a sudden, you don't like something made you uncomfortable. So now you stop calling the person, you don't email the person, you don't text the person. You're not going to make the first move. You want them to make the first move. Mm. Um, that's the silent treatment. Um, sometimes when there's a trigger, it can bring about such great discouragement that could trigger depression. And you know, when you were talking about depression, I instantly went to that verse in Isaiah. I think it's in Isaiah 61, where it says, put on a garment of praise mm -hmm. for a spirit of heaviness. Yes. That heaviness is a spirit. And so when you feel a spirit of heaviness come upon you out there, I do this because I, I believe me, I've... I've had, I have my days sometimes and I have to put on anointed worship music, not just like any worship music, mm -hmm. like anointed worship music, or I start reading out loud, out loud praise Psalms, things yeah. to lift that spirit Such off of me. But these are all places we run to, to protect our hearts. Mm -hmm. But Christ wants us free from that. And I ran for years, Mallory. I went to all these places to protect my heart. My heart was hurt by so many people over the years. I can't even describe it, but I also were to be thankful in all circumstances. So I'm also so thankful for those situations too, because it taught me to cling to him, yeah, not to mm -hmm. people. It taught me. And I think that's why I don't have the fear of man anymore. Yeah. I love the Lord Jesus so much that, um, it doesn't matter if people really like me or not. <laughs> I don't mean that in any disrespectful way out there. But Christ mm -hmm. wants us free. Yeah. You know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Yeah. He wants to be our hiding place. He wants to be our stronghold. He wants to be that place we run to for protection. So no longer do I run to a place of withdrawal or isolation or avoidance of things. I run to him. And I, I speak plainly and boldly in his throne of grace. He, he wants us to hear his voice. He wants us to feel his heart for us. He wants us to sense his comfort. And so I truly believe that to overcome these mindsets, we either need deliverance. And I do believe in deliverance. We were in deliverance ministry for quite a time. And I have seen the power of God work in, the, in, a, in a person's mm -hmm. um, mind, in their body, in their soul. And they are delivered from spirits. I do believe in that. But he also perhaps, you know, and maybe that deliverance can be from a spirit of fear or from a spirit of trauma or a spirit of rejection mm -hmm. or the spirit of heaviness, right? Yeah. But other times we just need to begin the work of pulling uh, our, our mental strongholds down. Spirits get cast out, but mental strongholds have to be pulled down. And we do that when we speak God's promises over us rather than regurgitating the lies. And so I think that's the thing is one time somebody asked me, what lies have you believed? And boy, well, there's a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. And once I started speaking what I believed about myself, but then you go in contrast to that, to what the word of God says about mm -hmm. you. Oh my golly, it changes everything. And going into prayer when the triggers come, I immediately started running to Christ my stronghold, whether it was through prayer, whether it was in the word, whatever it was, but I started running to him and stopped running to all those other familiar places, those familiar paths yeah. you talked about, mm -hmm. those well-worn paths yeah. that we have made in our minds. And we have to practice standing firm in the truth of your identity in Christ when those fiery arrows are shot at you because they're going to be shot at you. Mm -hmm. And that's actually really important. We must remember, friends out there, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. The weapons you use to fight against spiritual things have to be spiritual weapons. They're not carnal. The, the weapons of the warfare of God are prayer. They're fasting. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the word of God. Those are our weapons and they are spiritual. They are not carnal. They are not of the flesh. And those weapons that we have in Christ, they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, for casting down arguments in every vain imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That's 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Memorize that verse. Mm -hmm. Speak it over yourself. The enemy, friend, will do everything to keep us in a carnal state. 
And because when he does, we're not living from the spirit. And guess what? There are no weapons to defeat the enemy in a carnal state. He's a spiritual being, as you'll learn in our angels episode. He's a spiritual being. Being You need spiritual weapons to come against the enemy of your soul. Then you can start experiencing freedom. But instead, we're, if, if you're doing everything from that the world tells you to do to be set free, it's mm-hmm. like punching the air. It's like punching sand. It's all going to fall apart. But we have to use our spiritual weapons. That's what we have to do. We have to go to Christ, our stronghold. Use your spiritual weapons. My thoughts are now subject to the Lord Jesus Christ. My thoughts are subject to his lordship. His anointing breaks the yoke. God's anointing destroys every yoke in my life, soul, spirit, and body. A person can't. A counselor can't. They can set you on a course to think differently, but only God's anointing is going to break the yoke in your life. And if you are living under a yoke of bondage of any kind, start practicing living according to the spirit, not the flesh, and the anointing will break the yoke. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you reminded us of the spiritual weapons. And I instantly thought of this verse. I've been thinking about this verse a lot with fasting and there's that story in the gospels where Jesus sends out his disciples and his disciples come back and they said, wait, we couldn't cast out this demon. And Jesus says, this demon only comes out by prayer and fasting Mm -hmm. and how, like you said, we need to use different weapons. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think fasting is just so powerful. Mm -hmm. It really does something in the spiritual realm that we don't understand. Yeah. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. Yeah. You know, and I, and we know this podcast is going long, so please be patient, but there's so many important things we just wanted to address. So if you could bear with us a few minutes longer, that would be great because there are other things that we also hold on to that need to be addressed. And these are things, um, uh, that maybe we have not purposed in our heart to change. You know, the prophet Daniel, he purposed in his heart that he would not defile the God of Israel with the king's meat, right? Mm -hmm. Daniel came to a calculated moment, a calculated decision that he would not defile himself in God's eyes, that he would not go against the commands of God. And that needs to be some of us right now. So this is something different than that rejection, Mm -hmm. different than those other things I just mentioned. You know, that from here on out, maybe we start making a conscious choice not to go against the commands of Christ to be holy. We all talk about a loving God, but we rarely talk about the holiness of God. We may call ourselves a child of God, but some of us are embracing Mm -hmm. unhealthy thought patterns and lifestyle choices that are defiling us, that go against the Lord's commands for us. And maybe we too We need to be like Daniel and purpose in our hearts once and for all to change, to come to a calculated moment, a calculated choice to walk away. And Paul lays this out clearly in Colossians 3 when he says, mortify, this is in the King James Version, mortify, which means put to death, therefore your members, which are upon the earth, put to death fornication, put to death uncleanness, put to death inordinate affection, Put to death evil uh, concupiscence. I always mispronounce that. Put to death covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. We have to talk about these things for a minute. What is Paul talking about here? What are the Christians in Colossae doing that, that he wants them to put to death? that he wants finished, that he wants ended. And so I'd like to go through them for just a couple minutes, if that's okay with you guys. Is that okay? Mm -hmm. He starts with fornication. Listen, friends, if you're a Christian, he says to put fornication away from you. Fornication is unlawful sexual relations. In the pagan world, this type of activity was widely accepted, but in God's kingdom, it's not. Christians are now part of his kingdom. And therefore, God has a standard of what healthy sexual relations look like. And it falls under the marriage covenant of one man to one woman, a covenant between man, woman, and God. And not just any God, because a lot of people say the name of God and they can mean many things, Mm -hmm. but it's Yahweh, our Father. Now, this word fornication also comes from the Greek word porneia, and it's used to describe 
harlotry, adultery, incest. It's any illicit sexual intercourse. And because we don't understand a marriage covenant in the eyes of God, we miss this. And Jesus, friends, takes it further. When even if you look at a woman or you look at a man to even want or desire to have sexual relations with them, you've already committed adultery. And so Paul is saying, put these mindsets to death, put it to death. Don't even look upon someone to lust for them. Don't even look upon something on the TV if it's going to trigger you. Don't even look upon it. Kill it. Be done with it. Then he mentions uncleanness. And this is impurity. This is lust of your own heart. And this is where Jesus used to describe the Pharisees as whitewashed tombs, where we we appear beautiful on the outside, but within, we're like dead men's bones. All of us is unclean. And it illustrates basically and emphasizing what I just mentioned in the previous statement about fornication and adultery. But it even goes beyond that. It is, it is behaviors that are prompted by lust, gluttony, greed, and so much more. And Paul says, put this to death too. Kill it. Be done with it. But then he mentions inordinate affection. Your Bible might say passions. But this is passions in a bad sense. In the New International Version, NIV, it renders it shameful lusts. These are unnatural lusts that we can have, depraved passions for things. You know, you hear about people right now practicing bestiality. I mean, these are vile, vile affections and sexual perversion. And Paul is saying, put this to death. Then Paul uses that word, uh, evil concupiscence. And this is stronger than just desires. Your Bible might say evil desires because it means an irrational longing for pleasure. This is unbridled lust for all kinds of things that are forbidden. And Paul is saying, put it to death. And then Paul mentions covetousness, which is idolatry. And this is a desire to just want more to seek and possess what you don't have. And this is where we can all fall into comparison. You know, that keeping up with the Joneses, homes and clothing and name brands and where we live and where our kids are going to college. And, you know, it's all idolatry. And Paul says, put this to death. But then he doesn't stop there. He continues and says, but now you yourselves are to put off of these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. These are all mindset shifts. And wow, when you look at both groups of things Paul brings up, it's your eyes, it's your thoughts, it's your lips, it's what we speak. And so, gosh, we have to be so careful Some of us need to yield our eyes to the Lord. Some of us need to make an agreement with God that our eyes will be holy and only to look upon what is holy and not given to the lustful things that it wants to look at. What about our thoughts or our dreams and imaginations? It says in scripture, bring those into the captivity and obedience of Jesus Christ. Some of us need to commit our thoughts to Christ because it says in Proverbs, for as a person thinks, so he is. So we have to watch our thought life. Or what about people who are prone to wicked imaginations, vile things, impure things, thoughts of iniquity, uh, feet that run to evil, scripture says. And so the question is, what are you filling up in the reservoir of your head? Bring everything into captivity, every thought you can, and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And this now, my friends, is how the real work begins. There's a lot of untangling to do, like that big ball of yarn, Mm a lot of undoing to begin. Mm -hmm. That's so good, Carol. I'm so glad that you spoke so much of that truth because the mind, it's so much. I mean, this should be like a 17 part series. I know, I know. Because the mind, it's, it's our own mind. I mean, it's just so many different areas, but I think for me, and I said this at the start of the episode, I talked about being gatekeepers of our minds. 
the goal is to become a gatekeeper, to be a soldier, to keep our heads up, to say, hey, this thought can come in, but this thought cannot come in. That's it. And when we get strengthened in Christ and we have the discernment of Christ, we receive the discernment of Christ through his spirit, but it also comes through mostly through the word of God. So we need to be in our Bibles, knowing the word, what is truth of what he says over our lives, what he says over the world, what he says over sin in so many different ways. And, and standing at that door saying, allowing what can come in and dwell and what can't. And so that's the goal of all of this. And so Um, I said this earlier, but I do encourage all of you to go through your mindset, ask the Lord to look through your mind, sit down. Don't just move on from this episode because if we don't, I know if we don't let the seed just sit and sprout and let the Lord do his work, we'll move on with a good message that won't change anything. So take time to ask the Lord what these negative mindsets are. Ask the Lord, find scripture to go against these to go against these thoughts and these mindsets that are truth and that so that you can start renewing your mind so that you can start making these new paths and remember too that our feelings should no longer have control over us feelings are and right now we're told that deceptive they're so deceptive they're good for sometimes me right now you guys i am so hormonal (laughs) (laughs) my feelings are good 10% 10% of the time, <laughs> but I just can't trust my feelings. Yeah. And so that's why we have to know the word of God. We have got to become gatekeepers. I love that. The gatekeepers of our mind. That is it, Mallory. And taking authority back. If you're struggling, don't forget, friends, you have the authority in the name of Jesus. You come in the name of the King to lift false burdens yeah. and remove feelings of heaviness and oppression and depression. Cast them onto the Lord who sustains you and declare, I shall not be moved, exclamation point. (laughs) I just want to remind you of a, I I just want to finish with this passage from Philippians 4, 8, such a powerful passage of reminder. Finally, and a way to close, Mm -hmm. finally, brethren, this is all of you out there and us, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Mm -hmm. Church, we must be so, 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 so careful. If we name the name of Jesus Christ and our identity is in him, then we need to truly start living by this passage. Believe me, I am convicted of this right now as I take to take inventory of what I watch, what I read, what I scroll through, whatever is true, noble, just, pure. Think about that. If you struggle with mental strongholds about rejection or fear or what we mentioned earlier, ask yourself, what lies are you believing about yourself? Like I said, I believed so many about myself growing up, but our Lord is not the father of lies. The devil is. Tell the devil to get behind you and invite the Holy Spirit of truth to come in and reveal truth to you. Focus on the truth, not the lies. We are to focus on the good things, the good reports. And as you take inventory, like Mallory was saying, consider the following. Think about your conversations with others or with yourself. Think about maybe the books you read or the magazines you skim through or the videos you watch or maybe movies you watch and music you listen to. Think about the company you keep. What is lovely? Meditate on that. Put put off of you, child of God, everything that is ugly. Throw it out. Renew your mind and start fresh. Peter says to gird up the loins of our mind. To gird up is to be sober and to rest our hope on Jesus. And he says to do that as obedient children, not conforming to our former lust, the old man, the old thinking. To gird is a verb. It is is, uh, taken in the same way as the Israelites when they were eating the Passover meal in haste. The Christian, Peter says, is to have his, basically saying, to have his mental faculties alert at all times. Constantly watching ourselves, putting off the old. And so he, and then he admonishes us at the end of that to be holy, 
And that's got to be, that's what God's after. He's after our holiness. Mm -hmm. So imitate Christ, my friends. Ask the Holy Spirit to sanctify you completely so that you are daily renewed, conforming to his image, and keeping your mind fixed above. You guys, thank you so much for joining us today. And I just pray, I just believe right now that God is leading you. And we talked about paths and I just got this picture that God is starting a new path for some of you. Maybe today was the day that was the wake up call, was the day that God infused you with hope that this is possible. And so we just bless you with that. We bless you as you're on your journey to renew your mind as we are too. And so you guys, um, yeah, thanks for joining us. If you want to email us, you can email us at prepare the way at jcmcolorado.com until next time. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Also really quick. Can I just add one more thing? Yeah. Uh, there's a link in our descriptor of this podcast that if you enjoy our podcast and would, um, be interested in supporting us financially, we would absolutely love that. Um, and so just visit the link that's on the description. God bless you guys. Take care. Mm-hmm.